Hello and welcome to the NDA podcast. My name is Justin Pierce and I'm the editor. Today's podcast is the third in our series, NDA Meets Ways. Today's episode is Drivers. I'm joined again by Rue Roberts, UK Country Manager at Waze, but also by Amanda Mason. She's a she's a driver, but she's also Head of Marketing at Roadchef. We're going to talk a bit about how drivers interact with the Waze app and how their experience changes the experience for, for other users. So Rue, Amanda, hi, welcome. Let, let's kick off. Let's talk about, I think we'll start with Rue, about how exactly do drivers interact with the Waze app in the first place. Yeah, thanks, Justin. And of course, thanks again for, for having me for, for this third third instalment. So Waze is, is, is largely um, used once a driver is in, is in the car. We've introduced um, early planning functions so you can plan a drive in advance, be sent alerts based on real-time data, real-time uh, speeds on the road and uh, traffic on the road so that it might adjust your departure time accordingly and, and, and push notifications will alert you um, when to get in your car. So that's that's new. That's a good utility for, for drivers. But by and large, the fun starts when a driver is sat in their car and they're embarking on their journey. Search for a destination, head on their way. Um, and it's interesting you use the word interact because Waze is uh, kind of community-led uh, aspect, which we talked about in the last mm. podcast, um, is really about that kind of interaction and drivers helping others on the road inadvertently. So just by using Waze, that data is being collected. We're constantly checking the roads that are in existence. So when you see a volume of cars driving in a particular area, that's good validation that there is actually a road in that space. Um, and of course, it's constantly updating and making sure we understand speeds of roads, volume of traffic, new roads that might be on um, on the map but not flagged in advance, anything like this that allows our map editors to to get into gear and uh, and keep the map fresh. But then we're alerting other drivers to issues on the road. So you can interact with voice control, um, to alert other drivers to potholes, police up ahead, um, speed cameras, a car parked on a hard shoulder, road closures, anything that is likely to be a reason to slow down, anything that is likely to be a reason that you might need to take an alternative route, and anything that then feeds the algorithm and helps us update in uh, in real time. So all of our drivers, whether they are deliberately interacting or just driving with ways, are essentially helping others on the road. Feeding back. Yeah, it's still in my head. I thought last episode was fascinating, the Waze community. And it still surprises me that you, Rue Roberts, UK country manager, are so so low on the ranking for map editors. But <laughs> we won't get into that again. So Amanda, you know, as a as a as a user, as a driver, what is how is the Waze app for you to use and why is it why is it different from alternatives on the market? I think for me, um, as a driver, I really thrive with that community input. So I <laughs> I don't really go out much, except unless I'm going to work. But my day-to-day journeys, so for me, that's dropping my son off to nursery or maybe going to the supermarket. They're five, ten-minute drives. But I'm so, you know, I'm one of Rue's, like, favourite customers because I'm so engaged with the app. I use it even on that, like, that twice-a-day, five-minute journey I have to nursery because, you know, I, it may sound really pretentious, pretentious of me, but my time is so precious. My life is so busy. I need to know my fastest route. Um, like something, I just need to know ease. 
if I'm dropping off and there's been an accident on my normal route, I will take the other one and save myself 10 minutes. Or if there's a lot of school traffic because I've passed two primary schools on my way in, I'll know to go a different way. And that's that's what I want out of ways is just ease and um, the community provide the information so I get an easy ride. Yes, it struck me when we ruined our chat in the last episode, the fact that Waze is used as a, a constant in drivers' lives rather than just put on for, for long-distance journeys. So you see it as a as something to have with you on on every journey in your car, do you? not just getting places you, you don't know? Yeah, so for me, it's, you know, put the key in the ignition, which I don't actually do because my car doesn't have a key slot. But, you know, it's press the button, turn on the phone, Actually, it's turn on the phone, put my journey in, then it's to start the engine. Um, and then while, you know, while we've got like the, the 30 seconds of that happening, it integrates the Bluetooth, et cetera. And then I've got my journey mapped out at the same, you know. So it's, yeah, it's just become part and parcel of driving. I learned to drive when TomToms were just becoming quite popular. So I feel like I've always had a driving device or like a map device, like a digital map device in the car with me for most of my journeys. Um, and I guess Waze has just been the I know, last four or five years I've easily used it because like four years ago I started a job where I was traveling all around the country um, and I really needed it then. And then it just became almost like a crutch for me with driving. So pass and parcel of driving, that's sort of music to your ears, isn't it, Rupert? That's how you want people to consider Waze. It, it's... It... Yeah, I mean, it, I, I, I think to use a sporting analogy, the best referees in the world are the ones you don't really notice. The game keeps flowing, you know, um, and it's it's the excellent stuff going on on the pitch that really drives the excitement. And I, I kind of think of ways in a similar way. Because it works well, and, and assuming it continues to work well, you kind of don't notice it's there. It's just an ever-present companion doing what it's meant to do, allowing you to get where you want to go seamlessly, without friction, without stress. Um, and, yeah, I think Amanda's description is, you know, she's quite right to say probably that that, that makes her a good good customer of ways because using it for those drives that are your regular drives, where you know the journey, you know where you're going because you do it day in, day out, yet you can still be surprised by an incident on the road and that's what ways, you know, that's the bread and butter really for ways. Yeah, constant companion is a great description as well. So let's talk about how... how this is all about drivers today. So how are drivers' data, people like Amanda, how is what they're doing helping make the experience better for, for other drivers? And kick off with you, Rue, because obviously you, know, you see this day in, day out. Um, so, I, I, you know, for, for me, it's about the... Um, it's It's not about the added experience you get. It's about the experience you don't end up having to have. So the data provision, um, the passing of information, whether that is generated through, like, digitally, through through the app, or generated manually by users, um, essentially it's stopping other drivers from facing the same challenges on the road. And we, we think of ways um, having kind of three main benefits, really, um, you know, one of those is is uh, traffic is a drag on the economy, and we we can alleviate that. That's that's a benefit. Um, of course, traffic non moving vehicles on the road, like heavy traffic, is bad for the environment. Uh, much worse than moving vehicles. So if we can help keep vehicles moving freely, that actually has uh, an environmental benefit. Um, 
And I think what Amanda highlighted, stress. If we can remove stress from people's lives, that is a, that's a positive experience. But actually, the users themselves shouldn't feel that. They're just getting from A to B, and they're getting from A to B seamlessly. So um, that's the sort of, I think, the main um, benefit that that data sharing and that data kind of provision uh, really, really supplies. And, and, and then, of course, other types of communities that we do, talked about, whether it be the advertising community um, or, um, or or other groups of uh, of, of users um, that are that are using ways on a regular basis. There are benefits that then come uh, come to them as a result of of that regular usage. Okay. Amanda, how does it strike you again as a driver? Uh, are you aware that that your your data, what you're doing on the app, is then going to benefit other drivers? And is that a, do you like that sort of part of the experience? Um, I love that part. So I recently became a mother, and I do stupid things like take a three week old baby to Wales. Uh, I live near London, um, and for me, it's I don't know. I didn't know this prior to child, but you're not allowed to keep babies in car seats for too long. Um, and having that data that, you know, the waste community is inputted to say, you know, for example, the M4, there's a crash. So where I would normally be at my two hour mark to pull over, I'll actually be at my three hour mark. So I need to know to pull over before then. Um, so that kind of data is really, really invaluable to me as a driver, but me as a mother more than anything. Um, for I guess the safety the health and safety of my child um, and I didn't realize whilst I was a super wage user before I feel like I'm even more super wage user now because I have so many more considerations on my journey and that ways can give me that information whilst I map out that journey with a small child. And how how involved do you get I mean to become a map editor how involved do you actually want to get in in the ways community and therefore i guess serve the community better by supplying more information see to me I, I feel the more i put in the more i get out of it essentially because i'm i'm just helping other road users and i want to know as much information as possible so why wouldn't i share that information like as long as it's safe to do so i'm happy to do it and generally, if I'm driving as a family, there's always, you know, me or my husband in the passenger seat who, who can happily input that information when we're driving. Um, I notice a lot of Uber drivers and taxi drivers use it for the same reason. And I, whenever I'm in an Uber or a taxi and they see them input the information, I think they're doing it for their community because they don't want their fellow colleagues to be stuck in the same traffic jam, etc. And I, I feel the same. It's, you know, we're one big community as road users. So let's let's all not go through that life stress and pain. <laughs> yeah, good point. Well, let's talk about the idea of gamification. Again, this is something Rue and I discussed on the last episode, and it really it struck me that there's a big element of gamification here, that people sort of don't treat it as a game, but they get rewarded for what they put in, exactly what you were saying, Amanda. I mean, gamification, Rue, is, is that something that's important for, for drivers themselves? Um, I, It's... it's... I think there is a psychological, like impact that 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 element to ways uh, that the element to ways has, and you know, ways because of the community aspect has a has an incredible word of mouth um, uh, benefit to it. You know, we 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 benefit from pretty pretty decent organic growth because when people use ways and they're helping others on the road or they're helped on the road, it is a sort of thing you you arrive at a destination and say like, oh my God, I avoided that massive pile up on on the M4 as, as Amanda said as a as you know the two hour mark. You talk about it, you tell you tell other people and 
And so that word of mouth aspect um, generates a certain amount of reward, per, like personal reward. And the gamification element is not dissimilar to that. You know, what we're offering in reward for helping others on the road, you know, alerting to incidents um, in, in, in the environment that you're in whilst you're driving, they are, they're personal. They're visible only to the user. Um, you know, it's earning gems, essentially. And as you increase the number of gems, you can get different types of mood, which are the small personalities that we have that represent the different um, mindsets you might you might have on you might have on the road, um, and that is then you can you can change that setting and, and that's how you're visible on the maps. When you're driving with ways, you know you it, depending on your setting functionality, you can see all other ways on the map and and the, and the, and these little personalities, these moods that that represent them, and so really you're earning something that stays within the app, like it stays within the ways family, the ways community. It's only visible uh, in that in that ways universe. But it, 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 you know, it, it's something that is a reward for helping others. And, and yeah, we see that as quite a, an essential part of what is unique about Waze compared to maybe our, our competitor propositions because it does give you that sense of belonging and that, that sense of wanting to continue to contribute. Okay, let's move on to talk a bit about advertisers. You mentioned advertisers in the opening, room, And I'd love to get your thoughts, Amanda. Obviously, you know, not as an, you're not an advertiser on Waze, but... You know, you're head of marketing. That's your that's your day to day role. So I want to hear a bit about what y- you think these all these behaviours we're talking about, this intense loyalty, crazy loyalty, but you know, and the gamification of the service, all these sort of things. So how can that uh, affect how advertisers can behave and be present on the waste platform? Do you think, Amanda? I think the community provides so much information that actually the advertisers have like quite powerful tools to advertise really smartly. Um, to the road users or to, to the ways users, I should say. Um, and I think there's re- like a lot of scope to do that. Um, it's it's tricky one. So for me, with my road chef head on, you can only really safely advertise visually when you're stationary. And I think the next level of advertising is voice. So like the same way you'd hear a ad- radio advert. Um, when you're passing one of our sites, generally you're passing at circa 70 miles an hour. Um, so I, you know, to do the traditional ways of advertising, we really struggle, which is why we haven't signed up as, a, as an advertising customer just yet, because we still haven't found that right area um, that way to advertise with ways. Um, but I think the more you input into ways, the smarter the advertising can be. So and I'll go back to the baby example. Um if I tell Waze when I'm like pre-planning my journey on the um, desktop-led app that I've got a child and I need to make sure I, have, I stop every two hours, can highlight the places where baby changing facilities or child-friendly menus, et cetera, that I can stop at. And that for me is the is the next level of Waze, hopefully, Rue. Okay. I think, you know, uh, uh, Amanda and I, last time we, we, we had a conversation, we, we talked a little bit about what matters to advertisers. And you inherently, you inherently um, kind of jump to, well, it's about having my brand present, or it's about my product being very visual and the rest of it. But actually, you know, life events change consideration. And Amanda, you know, Amanda's reference, you know, becoming a, becoming a mother, and actually the considerations you need to have on a drive change and actually the information that a proposition like Waze can give you whilst on the move about baby changing facilities you know which 
are available in some places but not in all places or what type of food is available when you've got more than just yourself to think about in a vehicle um and as an advertiser being able to deliver that message at the right time of day you know which with traditional out of home media of course it's ever present whereas digitally of course you can do day parting you can you can deliver clear product or service messaging at a time of day that is most relevant to to people on the move um look safety and security is paramount we are as, as amanda said you know people using ways especially going past a road chef are traveling hopefully within the speed limit but but ultimately up to 70 miles an hour um but the reality uh of of that is you know a pin would be visible you can you can uh, showcase um certain brands and so on on the map but we've seen advertisers do really really different things like B&Q ran a campaign for us once and they didn't put their brand on it at all they just put a little pin with a christmas tree because around christmas time actually what people want to know is where can i get my christmas tree and that drove a certain type of footfall and a certain type of behavior uh, for them and i think those are the kind of things to highlight the service rather than the brand is sometimes um a kind of a unique way that 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 ways can add um can add value but voice control is essential for safety uh, being able to interact uh, verbally and so on and so we do fun things as well like um brands can can uh, deliver a personality to do the turn-by-turn instructions of the navigation voice. And we do that from a marketing point of view. We've done projects with Boy George last year during Pride Month. Um, we did um, a project with Dizzy Rascal the year before that. We've had Arnold Schwarzenegger, Super Kid. We've had some great personalities deliver the navigation voice. But it's another way for brands to not disrupt the experience of ways because you're still getting your essential turn by turn instructions you're still um getting th- the experience that ways is is set to deliver but in a safe way and for a brand to spend actually a really healthy amount of time that other advertising platforms would struggle to match i think um you can you can stay with your potential audience for for a nice um, uh, period of time whilst whilst on a drive in a fun and engaging way how can how should advertisers behave beyond what you're talking about in terms of what Amanda's talking about the it's a constant constant companion it's you know it's part of her driving experience and the power of the ways community and it strikes me it's very similar to the early days when brands would walk into social media networks and not quite know how to behave and the ways community and the way experience is so intensely personal but it's based on this uh, crazy loyalty so how could can advertisers behave how how different do they have to be to the normal way they interact with brands within the ways community amanda get your thoughts on that first you know how how do you see that the differences between advertising within ways and advertising within other media for example i think because the community is providing so much information to share with the community it's about brands providing that right service for the right time um so you know, I, for example, if I'm doing the same trips to the supermarket and to the nursery and so on, brands then need to know, okay, she has a bit of a routine. Why don't we advertise? And this is just right off the top of my head in an example, free delivery for um, her Christmas shop or something, you know, because obviously she, you know, potentially is busy commuter kind of thing. So it's like really looking into the data that we're providing as an individual customer and then tailoring the the messaging and the servicing for the individual users and then you start you start to it doesn't become advertising it becomes a bit more of a service then it's not you don't see it as advertising you think oh great 
next time I'm on a waste trip, it's going to tell me about something else that's going to help de-stress my life. Okay. Love that phrase. And again, help de-stress my life, which is what I guess most brands want to do in some way to customers. Really, same question to you, especially given in mind that the strength of waste seems to be the community and this, again, using my uh, fierce loyalty. So how can advertisers tap into that loyalty? How can they use the, I guess, the community to, to be better? Yeah. And I think, so we do, as you can imagine, we spend quite a bit of time um, researching the markets that, that, that we operate in. Um, and looking at the UK market in particular, one of the key things that people, like the, that the British public are looking for um, when it comes to SatNav um, relates to trust. Trust that the app is going fi- like, to get you to the place you're, you're heading to. Trust that it's going to get you there at the time it states it's going to get you there. Um, trust that you're not going to um, be faced with, with challenges on the road that, that were unexpected. And, and these, of course, sit squarely in our value proposition. It's what we stand for as well, avoiding traffic, getting you from A to B in a, in a, in a, you know, in a stress-free, stress-free manner. So, of course, advertisers have the opportunity to leverage that, whether by engaging organically with, uh, with the Waze um, proposition, you know, making sure that your businesses are present um, on the map organically, um, because the reality is that navigations are uh, driving footfall to local businesses on ways. Um, you know, there's a huge amount of um, generic searches that take place for shop near me or superstore or retailer or even just town names and so on, where the actual end navigation ends up being a local business of a type, whether it's a grocery store or, or a restaurant or, or something like that. So being organically present makes perfect sense. But then, of course, like from an advertiser point of view, having your brand prominent or your messaging prominent, like we've had advertisers that literally just use their strapline. Because it's well regarded, it's a well known regarded strapline. They don't necessarily need to have the actual brand there, but just users know and recognise because they've seen it elsewhere, um, uh, and that can work quite effectively as a, as a kind of uh, an incremental additional channel to some activity uh, being done elsewhere. And we we did um, a project with uh, Volkswagen commercial vehicles during the last year or so, where they were, and we called it a radio sync. So they were activating campaigns on ways simultaneous to their radio slots uh, uh, um, through uh, drive time uh, radio stations where they knew an audience they were after were likely to be listening to the radio, hearing the ad, and then being able to actually navigate to or, or interact or respond to a digital ad on ways. And that generated a really positive incremental lift in the KPIs that they were that they were seeking for consideration um, purposes for their for their commercial commercial vehicle fleet. So, I, I think I think just understanding who is using Waze, why they're using it, that ability to target not by individual, but by time of day and behaviour. Not many other platforms know that somebody is specifically driving to a retail store or specifically driving to a restaurant and be able to deliver a message that gets them thinking about a product or or, or service in advance of that. Um, okay, let's let's kind of wrap up with Amanda. Get your point of view again, as not as a driver but as a head of marketing, in terms of what struck you amongst all those latter things we're talking about as potentially most useful to 
a brand like Red Chef. I mean, the trust struck me really strongly, and I guess the, the, the sort of the trust in ways is so important, and trust is is rising in importance everywhere with brands nowadays and their marketing. But if you're looking at Red Chef again, is what the brand itself and ways what strikes you as the most uh, most efficient, most effective, most useful way that the ways community can help serve your brand potentially. I think it's um, highlighting our services. And one thing we haven't mentioned in this um, recording is electric vehicle charging. And I think the increase of electric vehicle ownership is only going to increase the use of apps like Waze because people need to know where to go to charge more frequently than we need to, you know, fill up in um, petrol or or diesel. Um, So I think that for us is really, really big opportunity of working out which of our drivers need us for charging which of our drivers need us for disabled changing facilities which of our drivers need us because they have a vegan dietary requirement and we do a great vegan offering you know i think it's that providing the right services for the right communities and the more people input and share their journeys and their needs into that waste community the better as a as a product as a service station that we can provide those communities. Amazing. Well, Amanda Ruth, thank you so much. Another fascinating episode. And I think, yeah, the trust of, and the power of the community, something that's talked about by many different media comes across so strongly with Ray's. So, Amanda, thank you so much. Ruth, thank you so much. Been great to chat with you. Thank you for having me. And we'll see you again shortly for episode four. So, until then, thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye bye.